Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate. Hi, this is Mike Passanate, and welcome back to the award-winning Hospital Finance Podcast. COVID-19 affected every healthcare organization. As we move past the immediate effects of the pandemic, what skills and behaviors will be required by healthcare leaders to move their organizations successfully into the future? Today, I'm joined by Dr. Britt Barrett, Director of the Center for Healthcare Leadership and Management at the University of Texas at Dallas, to discuss six dimensions necessary to lead organizations forward. Dr. Barrett, welcome to the show. Uh, delighted to be with you, Mike. Thank you for the invitation. Well, we're happy to have you. Um, Dr. Barrett, why don't you talk to us a little bit about how you went about identifying these six dimensions of leadership and what got you interested in that topic? You know, it's it's interesting. Um, I come from a hospital administration background. For 25 years, I was an executive health care, 20 years as a hospital president. Most recently, I was the president of Texas Health Dallas, which is a 900-bed facility. And I was the executive vice president for Texas Health Resources, which is an integrated delivery system in the Dallas-Fort Worth, North Texas area, 24 hospitals. So I served in that role. Prior to that, I was with HCA. And if you're familiar with that great organization, I was the president of their largest and most successful hospital, Medical City Dallas. And, and, and as I was navigating through my leadership role, my responsibilities, it got kind of complicated. And the more uh, additional responsibility was placed upon me, I had to transition from what I call shooting from the hip on how I led to having a very structured approach. I I, I felt like in the past, I just did what I thought was right. Uh, I built teams. I I delegated responsibility. I required people to return and report. And I was just shooting from the hip. A lot of it I learned along the way. Uh, a lot of it I learned from books I had read, but I had to put into play, Mike, I had to put into play some very tangible and specific leadership tenets that I adhered to. There's a great article from Harvard Business Review. It's called Why Do Hard, uh, Hard-Nosed Healthcare or Why Do Hard-Nosed Executives Need Theory? And what they were advocating is the times of shooting from the hip, they're over. And I'm sure a lot of your leaders are where they are because they've been inquisitive, they've been curious, they've been exploring, they've been asking questions. But there comes a time you have to write down on a piece of paper, this is what I believe. And so that's what I did. And then I was asked by the the American College of Healthcare Executives uh, to write an article on those tenets. And that's what was uh, that was that is what was published. Well, that's a great setup. And I'm, I'm excited to learn more about uh, the tenants that you've developed here. And so the, the first dimension that we're going to talk about is confidence and competence. Why don't you tell us about that? You know, confidence is an interesting word. When you hear the word confidence, you meet, it, it denotes, okay, look at me, I'm confident. I walk into a room and everybody, here's the CFO and blah, blah. I think confidence is knowing who you are. Confidence is understanding your skills, your traits, your 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 strengths, your weaknesses. Confidence is knowing who you are. And you couple that with confidence because this is what I'm good at. It also says this is what I'm not so good at. 
my my example is I am very good at speaking in large groups to large groups of people. What I struggle with is getting into the detail and, and getting and checking the boxes and, and, and getting the paperwork done. So throughout my career, I I had a couple of team members that were absolutely fantastic on the ladder. So uh, Roz and Frankie and John and the list goes on of individuals that I would hire that understood and would adhere to the details so I could do what I do very well. And there are things they didn't want to do. I mean, they didn't want to you know lead a board presentation. They did not want to have to talk about why we needed to expand our ortho ortho and neuro strategy, uh, but they would provide the backup. So I think one of the first elements is this confidence of knowing who you are and what you're good at and, 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 and being able to also know what you're not good at. There's some great tools out there, Mike, uh, assessment tools on your leadership skills, uh, the DCI, um, DDI has got some programs, I don't ascribe to any of them. All I, I plead is that leaders understand what their competencies are and have the confidence to declare who they are and what they're about. And that's very interesting. And the, and the second dimension, I, I think, goes in hand in hand with that in some ways. And, and I think people sometimes confuse um, authority with confidence. And so your second dimension is authority and action, which, uh, which goes hand in hand, I think. Well, th- when we talk about authority... It's what's my scope or my sphere of influence. I've spoken at board retreats. I've spoken at uh, national meetings and I'll have individuals come up to me and say, Hey, listen, I, I hear what you're saying about building culture, but you know, I'm just, you know, a small, small brick in this big wall. I'm a, 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 just a little cog. And my question for them w- would be, what's your, what is your sphere of influence? What, you, what can you touch? Oh, you know, I'm just, you know, a director and revenue cycle or, you know, I'm over accounting, but, you know, I'm not the CFO. And my response would be, okay. I, uh, Stephen Covey wrote a book, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And uh, he talked about your sphere of influence. So figure out what your authority is, what you can impact, what you can change how you can evolve and build that team build that team and 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 you have the authority to do so and prove that you can create change so action i work with uh, uh an executive and his comment to me is hey i'm doing all this and i'm doing all that and my response is great are you creating results are you creating results are you, are you moving the strategy forward? If you're not, that's just a lot of talk. How many times have we worked with someone who just talks and talks and talks and doesn't get anything done? So declare your area of authority, your sphere of influence, the things that you can touch, and then get things done with that group. Um, that, to me, has led to fairness and awareness. And I, it's kind of a little play on words there, but the the third and fourth is, are we, uh, you know, are we, I'm sorry, the third dimension would be, are we fair and are we aware of all the members of the team? When we talk of employee engagement, there's, there's this raging conversation about, can we improve an employee's engagement 
by compensation. And my experience has been, and the, actually the statistics validate this, people have to be paid fairly. If there is not fairness in compensation, you'll see dissatisfaction. Even if you don't have to overpay, you just have to be fair. You also have to be fair on a number of things like work schedules, vacation time. Can you create an environment where everyone believes that there's fairness associated? And when there's a, a pop-up, when there's an, an, an event, look at COVID. People kept on saying, well, am I an essential worker? Uh, can I work from home? That doesn't seem fair that Bob can and I can't. When you can address those on a team basis, you create a sense of, of organizational harmony and aware of who, who, what people are saying. When I was running this 900-bit hospital, I would, once a month, get trays, carts full of cookies and cupcakes, and I would just wander through the hospital and uh, visit with people. I got more information by that management by walking around than I ever could in a, in a survey or a, a report. So not only be fair, but be aware of what the critical issues are in the organization. That has proven to be very, very important as we, we transition from remote and online to, okay, we've got a new set of um, rules now. We've entered into a hybrid environment. What's fair? And does everyone feel a sense of, of, of fairness? And are we aware of maybe some elements that might not be fair that you and I as leaders must address? That's fantastic advice. And, you know, the next dimension, the next set there, which I think it's, it's both individual as well as institutional, is reputation and record. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, reputation and record. Everyone wants to work for a winning team. Everyone wants to work for a winning team. So how do you tell the story? You know, woohoo, you know, cash days on hand. Okay, maybe that's not a big deal for the nurses, but it might be a big deal for the finance team. Uh, John Cotter wrote a, wrote a book. It's one of the most pr pr prominent books, seminal work on leading change. And he talked about how you lead an organization from one state of being to the next. And he said something interesting. In addition to all the other elements that I highly recommend the listeners consider looking at, John Cotter, K-O-T-T-E-R, he said, celebrate small wins. Celebrate small wins. And what he's saying is, uh, celebrate the successes that point you in a specific direction. You know, of course, there are things that there'll be birthday celebrations and there'll be, you know, um, I don't know, gatherings. But celebrate the successes that align with your strategic initiatives. If the cash days on hand is a big issue, then celebrate it and celebrate it in a unique and fun way. Build on the reputation that you're creating by uh, celebrating individuals' performance and keep track keep track of it clinical folks are always interesting um we don't really connect with some of their measures of celebration but you got to if you're in the finance space and you've got a lot of clinical folks sometimes they look at the world differently than you and i so when i talk about re uh, reputation and record 
what do they celebrate? Uh, it could be something as simple as the patient satisfaction scores. It could be advancement professionally by their peers. It could be when we did maggot certification in nursing, we were the first hospital in North Texas to receive this, the highest achievement that any nursing service can receive, maggot certification in nursing. We were the first in North Texas to receive it, the 92nd worldwide. It was a big deal. My finance folks were like, yeah, whatever. Uh, you know, no big deal. No, no, no. Figure out what the clinical folks are celebrating and celebrate with them. And so we got pins and big pins. And I encourage all the finance folks to put those pins on their name badges. And uh, we had a big party and we invited everyone, uh, ancillary support, admin, nursing, clinical, doctors, to celebrate together those wins. So reputation and record gets back to that. Everyone wants to work for a winning team. So find those, those successes, both big and small. The next dimension, I don't know if you find this in every management book, but I think um, everybody learned more about it in the last year during the pandemic, and that's kindness and caring. I wrote an interesting book. Um, so I, I, uh, I pers- pursued my doctorate later in life, and, and my dissertation was on the convergence of strategy and leadership. So how you lead, does it have an impact on your strategic outcomes? And the answer is yes. We really hadn't researched it in healthcare. Finish the dissertation, Mike. No one read it. I was, I was so disappointed. I thought it was genius. So a buddy called me up and he says, hey, do you want to write a book with me? And I said, I'd love to. So we took all these statistically proven theories and we put them into a book called Leading Change by Changing How You Lead. And at the last minute, we, we retitled it, Patients Come Second. And the plea in this book was, be kind and caring, understand your team, build your team. Because once you build your team, then you can create exceptional results. You can't beat people into submission. You've got to build that team. Uh, it became, uh, we, we, uh, we self-published it in 2013. It became a New York Times bestseller, a Wall Street Journal bestseller, a USA Today bestseller. It was phenomenal. And actually, it's one of the reasons that led to me to retire from hospital administration, go into teaching, and just enjoy, hopefully, inspiring people. And it really talks about understanding your team. There's so much to be gained by kindness and caring there's so much value in understanding where your team is coming from. How often do we assume incorrectly the reason for performances? How many times have we been uh, anxious with the performance of an employee only to learn that they're going through a life-changing experience? I, I'm working with the chief financial officer in the Midwest, and he hired an accounting the professional, and she was phenomenal, absolutely spectacular. One day she walks into his office and says, uh, I'm, I'm leaving. I mean, it was devastating. He had no idea that she had some personal challenges in her life that honestly she was unwilling to share. Now, we had been working with him and with her, and she finally opened up and revealed where she was coming from and the challenges that she had and resulted into a very, very kind and caring um, separation from the organization, but uh, I, I got to tell you, she might be, might be back. 
And if she's not coming back, she'll talk to other people who are considering that job and realize that there was, um, there was goodness in the organization that cared about her personally. And you just can't undervalue that. And uh, when we're coming out of this uh, pandemic, there are going to be a lot of very strange behaviors that you and I just won't be able to understand. And it'll take a lot of kindness and caring to deal with it. Huge part of leadership. Finally, your, your last dimension is integrity and trust. There's a there's an author. His name is Don uh, Dan Lencioni, and he uh, is, it, is it John John Lencioni. He wrote a book called The Six Dysfunctions of a Team. And Lencioni talked about the foundation being trust. And I put this at the end of my my list, not because it's the last, but more importantly, it's the one we need to we need to talk about the most. We've got to build trust. We've got to build a sense of uh, confidence and comfort one with another. And great leaders and great organizations trust one another. There will be times when the inexplicable will occur. And you and I will react, perhaps correctly, perhaps incorrectly. Perhaps we get part of the information. Part of, sometimes people don't understand the full ramifications. Does your team trust you that your intentions are for the betterment? Think about the worst boss you ever had. Did you trust them? Absolutely not. Think of the worst leader you've ever had to work with. Think of acronym or think of uh, adjectives to describe he or she. Uh, I've done this tens of thousands of times with leaders throughout the United States. Words come to mind like uh, horrible boss, uh, uh, micromanager, uh, thoughtless, uh, mean, vindictive. That those are all words to describe an environment that lacks lacks trust. So <clears throat> integrity ties into that. I would encourage leaders to allow the team to know who you are. And it gets back to the first one: understand yourself. Why are you doing what you're doing? What do you bring to the table? And having the integrity to reveal yourself becomes very, very important. Getting back to this, this issue with this individual, this <clears throat> senior accountant that, that left the organization, they really had not built the trust that was necessary to have a conversation that might have mitigated or perhaps prevented her departure. So lesson learned, integrity, trust, those are efforts that are worked on every single day. And uh, great organizations, great leaders use integrity and trust as a foundation on how they organize and lead a team. So there are six dimensions. Um, they, they are all applicable. I'd encourage your, view, your listeners to ponder them. I'd encourage your listeners to maybe create their own. What are the six tenets of my leadership style? I, I'm giving you a couple of ideas that I think would be of value. I think integrity and trust, though, should be foundational in any of those efforts. Dr. Barrett, it's a great uh, discussion today. If someone wanted to find out more about you and the work that you do, where can they go? I'd be delighted. I'm at brit.barrett at utdallas.edu. So, 
B-R-I-T-T dot Barrett, B-E-R-R-E-T-T at UT Dallas dot edu. And quite honestly, Mike, I'm, I'm honored to be invited to this podcast. I, you've got some great, great uh, broadcasts in the past. I'm honored to be part of it. My life's mission is to prepare the next generation of healthcare leaders. So if you shoot me a note, I'd be glad to respond. Um, I do work with teams that I've enjoyed immensely. Uh, I do that on a limited basis. The, the, the fees that are charged go all into the University of Texas at Dallas scholarship program. So I, I'm working with a group of physicians up in the Midwest and, uh, the fees I charge of those are all going towards scholarships for our students. That's my gift to the, the, the next generation. So uh, I'd be happy to engage in a conversation in any way, shape or form with the, the listeners of this podcast. Well, we appreciate that. And it was an honor having you on today. Thanks for coming by the podcast, Dr. Barrett. Pleasure to be with you. Thanks again. This concludes today's episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help you protect and enhance revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.